Port Adelaide's dominance from 2001 to 2004 is often forgotten because of the free-peating Brisbane Lions Premiership side. The Power finished in the top four in 2001 and won the minor Premiership three years in a row from 2002 to 2004 from finishing on top of the ladder. Unfortunately for the Power, they could not translate their home and away season form into post-season success, developing a reputation as chokers in the finals for continually losing games and bowing out of the finals and failing to reach the last Saturday in September. 2004 loomed as a defining year for the players, coach and the club as a whole and the power finally broke through, winning their first ever premiership in the AFL and stopped the Brisbane Lions juggernaut from making history. They finally got over the hump and tasted ultimate premiership glory in the AFL. It was fitting that they found success so quickly in the AFL after joining in 1997 from the Sandfall, as they had dominated the Sandfall before joining the AFL. Today we'll look at the history of Port Adelaide in the Sandfall, when they were then known as the Port Adelaide Magpies. We'll then look at the process in the 90s by which they joined the AFL and became the Port Adelaide Power. We'll look at their early years in the AFL under coaches John Cahill, Mark Choco Williams. We'll look at their emergence in the 2000s with their dominance in the home and away season resulting in early exits in the finals where they could never reach that elusive grand final. Their 2004 Premiership where they finally put it all together. The years after that Premiership and that infamous 2007 grand final loss to the Cats, which left such a fallout at the club, which saw coach Mark Williams and his replacement Matthew Primus exit, with the club still reeling from a 119-point grand final defeat. AFL in 1997, Port Adelaide had a proud history as the Port Adelaide Magpies, not the power, in the Sandful, the South Australian Football League. Within 30 years, that spirit created the Port Adelaide Football Club. It became the heart and soul of the district, providing the identity, respect and success the people wanted. It provided a culture not bound by geography, but by an intense desire to succeed against the odds. And that culture provided Australia's most successful senior football club. Their origin stayed all the way back to 1870, and the club has won 36 Sample Premierships, with 34 of those Premierships coming before they joined the AFL in 1997. Their dominance was shown during the 1950s and 1960s. They won six Premierships in a row from 1954 to 1959, and won 10 Premierships in total from 1951 to 1965. After the Brisbane Bears and West Coast Eagles were formed in 1986 and joined the league in 1987, expansion into new states outside of Victoria was well and truly alive in the then VFL. Those two teams were both original entities and clubs introduced by the AFL. When they were looking to expand again, a team based in Adelaide was the obvious choice. South Australia has always been a football state and many talented players from the Sandfall had been recruited by Victorian clubs over the journey and starred in the VFL. Port Adelaide seemed a natural fit to join the AFL. They already had a pre-existing supporter base and an identity as a club. Port Adelaide as a club were also reading the signs of where the Sandfall was heading. 
with the VFL now known as the AFL expanding into national competition and the financial struggles that many state league-based clubs were facing in the Sample and Waffle, the Western Australian Football League. The Sample is still a strong football league today, especially when compared to the VFL, which has mainly become a reserves competition for the Victorian-based AFL sides. But the Sample is not as strong as it was in its heyday, when football was divided by state lines and origins. Talks over a South Australian-based AFL side had been going since the early 1980s. This included the Sample, along with the Waffle, being offered team licences in 1986. The Waffle would accept and the West Coast Eagles were born, but because the Sample rejected the offer, the Brisbane Bears were created instead. An article called Revisiting the South Australian Licence Saga of 1991, done by the Wookiee on Raw, outlines the controversial process that eventually led to a South Australian-based side. Talks would continue between the AFL and the Sample, but in 1990, the Sample unanimously decided that they would not join the AFL before 1993 at the earliest. The AFL wanted to continue their expansion efforts and Port Adelaide had mutual interest in joining the AFL, so the two groups began secret negotiations with the goal of Port Adelaide joining the AFL the next season in 1991. A heads of agreement was signed and Port Adelaide even played a pre-season game against Geelong that year. The deal was eventually made public with the Sample making an injunction and forming a counter bid for its own AFL side. The Sample felt like Port Adelaide had done dealings with the AFL behind its back. One of the issues was that the terms that Port Adelaide had been offered to join the league were much better than what the Sample had been offered during its previous negotiations with the AFL in regards to factors like the cost of the licensing fee. Legal battles involving the three parties would ensue, but eventually the AFL accepted the Sample's bid, meaning that Adelaide Crows were formed instead of Port Adelaide joining the AFL in the 1991 season. The club's AFL ambitions were not over, and at the end of 1994, Sample President Max Bashir announced Port Adelaide had won the tender for the second Adelaide-based AFL licence. The aim was for Port Adelaide to join the AFL in 1996, but it had to wait an extra year until the 1997 season, after a spot opened up due to the merge of the Fitzroy Lions and Brisbane Bears, who became the Brisbane Lions. I'm pleased to advise all our supporters, all our followers of uh, yesterday and today and the future that the new nickname will be Port Port Power. To join the AFL, the Port Adelaide Magpies had to make several changes to its club's identity. They had to change their colours, mascot, logo, jumpers and the theme song. This is mainly because of the Collingwood Magpies, who were already part of the AFL. There was a clash with the mascot, as both clubs used the magpie, and the black and white colours, and Port Adelaide's famous prison bars Guernsey was similar to Collingwood's black and white stripes. This meant change to Port Adelaide's identity, adding teal and silver to their colours to make it black, white, silver and teal, changing their name to the Port Adelaide Power, changing their logo to an arm grabbing a lightning bolt with the prison bars design in the background, and a new theme song was written called A Power to Win. When they joined the AFL, John Cahill, 
who was the coach of the Sample side at the time, remained as coach for the AFL side. There were now two Port Adelaide teams, one in the AFL and one in the Sample. The Sample team retained the Port Adelaide Magpies name and all the colours and jumpers associated with it. They started to recruit players for their team, which included pre-existing players from Port Adelaide Sample list, Adelaide Crows players, other players in the Sample, and recruiting players from interstate. The pick of the bunch was Gavin Wanganeen. Wanganeen was originally a player for Port Adelaide in the Sample before being recruited by Essendon. During his time at the Bombers, he won a Premiership and Brownlow medal in the same season in 1993, but he was lured back home by the power and he was made their inaugural AFL captain. Port Adelaide's first season in the AFL was good for a new side. They just finished outside of the top eight and missed finals, finishing ninth on the ladder. They had 10 wins, 11 losses and one draw for the season, with the Brisbane Bears beating them out for the final spot in the eight on percentage. They were actually in fifth in round 17, with just five games to go in the season, but they only had one draw and four losses out of their remaining five games to miss out on the finals. Highlights from their inaugural season included having their first win in the AFL in round three, when they beat the Geelong Cats by 39 points, and a win over their crosstown rivals, the Adelaide Crows, in the first showdown between the two clubs in round four, with the Crows eventually going on to win the premiership that season. In 1998, they would again just fall short of the top eight, finishing 10th on the ladder with nine wins, 12 losses and one draw for the season. They again beat Adelaide in round four, who went on to win the premiership that season again against the Kangaroos. When the power entered the AFL in 1997, Mark was assistant to Jack Cale, but two years later, he took over the top job. I've always tried to get to the top and everything and this is just the beginning now, it's uh, reaching this goal is now uh, start to uh, win games, win finals and uh, ultimately the premiership. Coach John Cahill left the club at the end of the 1998 season with Mark Choco Williams taking over as coach for the next season. Williams had played for West Adelaide and was a four-time premiership player at Port Adelaide in the Sample. This was before joining the VFL at the end of the 1980 season. During his time in the VFL, he primarily played for Collingwood for six seasons, where he captained the club from 1983 to 1986 and was coached by legendary coach Tom Hafey. A contract dispute between him and the Pies saw him join the newly formed Brisbane Bears, where he played for four seasons, before leaving halfway through his final year in 1990. He played the remainder of the 1990 season and the final two seasons of his career at Port Adelaide, before retiring at the end of the 1992 season. Williams immediately went into coaching after retiring. He was the senior coach at Glenelg for a season in 1993 and then joined the Bombers in 1994 as an assistant coach under Kevin Sheedy. He returned to Port Adelaide as an assistant coach in 1997 before getting the senior coaching job two years later. His appointment was fitting given Williams' long alignment with Port Adelaide and his family's strong history with the club with several of his family members being involved in the club throughout its history. In his first season as coach, Willings would take Port Adelaide to the finals for the first time in the AFL after they finished seventh on the ladder in 1999 with 11 wins and 11 losses for the season. Despite some good form during the season, which included beating the eventual minor premiers and premiership favourites that season, Essendon, by 37 points in round 15, they got taken out by the second-place Kangaroos 
in the qualifying final, being beaten by 44 points. The Roos will go on to win the Premiership that season against Carlton in the grand final. In 2000, Port would have a dramatic fall down the ladder, finishing third last at 14th on the ladder, with just seven wins, 14 losses and one draw for the season. Things were looking dire in round 12, when they were last on the ladder with only one draw and one win for the season at that point. But they showed signs of progress and improvement in the latter half of the season, after winning six of their last 10 games. One of the benefits of such a low finish was that Port had a very strong hand in that year's draft. They traded away their first pick, pick four to the Saints, to get defender Daryl Wakeland to the club, who had previously played for Port Adelaide in the Sandful before being recruited by St Kilda. They selected Sean Burgoyne with pick 12, their first pick in the draft that year, who was also Port Adelaide Magpies product. He joined his brother Pete at the Power, who was part of the inaugural 1997 team. Sean did not debut until 2002, but was an All-Australian 2006, before joining the Hawks for the 2010 season, where he won three premierships in a row from 2013 to 2015. He's still playing to this day, is currently sitting on 376 games at the time of this recording. With their next pick, they selected Kane Corns with pick 20, who came from Glenelg. This reunited another pair of brothers, as his brother Kane was already at the power after being selected with pick 9 in the 1997 draft. Both the Corns boys played crucial roles for the side, with Chad eventually becoming a centre-half back in 2004. He earned All-Australian honours in 2004 and 2007, and came third in the Brownlow in 2004. Kane developed a reputation as one of the game's best taggers, and routinely locked down the opposition's best player. He was also two-time All-Australian in 2005 and 2007. He played 300 games for the power, and won Port Adelaide's best and fairest, the John Cahill medal, four times. They got a steal at pick 50 when they drafted Dominic Cassisi from East Fremantle. Cassisi would go on to play 228 games for the club, and he captained the club during their darkest period from 2009 to 2012. In 2001, Port Adelaide showed that their improvement at the end of the 2000 season was the precedent and their true form. They rocketed up the lad in 2001, they went from third last to third on the ladder, with 16 wins and 6 losses for the season. Their starts included the likes of centre-half forward Warren Treadray and their captain and ruckman Matthew Primus, who both earned All-Australian honours for the first time that season. Gavin Wanganeen also received his first All-Australian jacket since leaving Essendon, where he had received three during his time at the Bombers. Because they finished in the top four on the ladder, they earned a double chance in the finals for the first time, and headed up to the Gabba to play the second-place Lions in the qualifying final. They were beaten by 32 points by the Lions, but got another opportunity against Hawthorne at Amy Stadium. Half forward left, Hawthorne inside their attacking 50. They lead by three points. They were three goals down at three-quarter time, seemingly out of it. Lyle, to me, to Stevens, to Montgomery. Montgomery at half-back, wants Treadrow. Can't quite get him. Hay with him. Treadray and Hay. Treadray's left foot kick. Hawthorne have won it. Hawthorne have won it. It's one of the greatest victories in the history of a club that had such a run in the 1980s. However, the power will go out in straight sets after a heartbreaking three-point loss to the Hawks in the semi-final. 
It was a disappointing end to the year, as Port would have expected to at least make a preliminary final, given that they had finished in the top four. Over the off-season, they traded for tough nut defender Damien Hardwick from Essendon. Essendon coach Kevin Sheedy had set up a deal with his former assistant coach Mark Williams, as Essendon were under serious salary cap restraints at the time and needed to get rid of some senior players. Hardwick brought over experience as an All-Australian player and Premiership player in 2000 for the Bombers. Port Adelaide showed that they were the real deal in 2002, after winning the minor Premiership for the first time in the AFL, with a record of 18 wins and 4 losses for the season. This included beating the Brisbane Lions by a goal in the final round of the season to claim top spot. Warren Treadray and Matthew Primus were all Australians once again, while Brett Montgomery and Josh Franco received the honour for the first and only time in their careers. This included Franco coming second in the Brownlow medal that year, after coming equal third the year before. Expectations were high heading into the 2002 AFL final series, given Port Adelaide's top finish on the ladder. They got to host the qualifying final this year at Amy Stadium against the fourth-place Collingwood Magpies. Collingwood had made an impressive rise up the ladder that season, but were not the strongest top-four side in the history of the game, with just 13 wins and 9 losses for the season, 5 wins behind Port Adelaide's record for the season. The power went in as favourites, with Collingwood's low chances further exacerbated when their captain and best player Nathan Buckley was ruled out due to injury. Buckley had previously played for Port Adelaide in the Sandful before joining the AFL with the Brisbane Bears. The Magpies will have a home preliminary final. 13 points, the Magpies in front. They're almost five to one underdogs in this game. And Collingwood have had a famous victory as Mark Williams walks away in disgust. Well, they came to Amy Stadium underdogs. They kicked the first goal within a minute. And Port Adelaide kept coming at Collingwood all night. But in the end, Collingwood have prevailed. What a performance. Collingwood caused a massive ball over and defeated Port Adelaide by 13 points in a huge upset. It meant that Port Adelaide had to use their second chance for a second year in a row and hosted a semi-final against Essendon. Port were able to beat the Bombers by 24 points for their first finals victory in the AFL and ensuring that they would have their highest postseason finish in their time in the AFL. Chad Corn set the record for the most contested marks in a final with nine for the game. They played the Brisbane Lions up at the Gabba the following week for a spot in the grand final, but the Lions were too good and beat the power by 56 points. The Lions went on to win a classic against Collingwood in the grand final for their second premiership in a row. Port made a significant trade over the off-season where they acquired Byron Pickett from the Kangaroos, who had also played for Port Adelaide in the Sandful before joining the AFL with the Kangaroos. During his career thus far in the AFL, Pickett had won a premiership in 1999, was the rising star winner in 1998, and had earned an All-Australian selection in 1999. They also drafted Brett Ebert under the father-son rule in that year's draft, with the Ebert name synonymous with Port Adelaide. They did not play in the 2004 premiership. He became a very handy player for them during his career at the Power. Port would replicate their 2002 season in 2003, by finishing first on the ladder for the second year in a row, with 18 wins and 4 losses. Their captain Matthew Primus notably only played 9 games for the season, 
due to numerous hamstring and knee injuries, meaning that Warren Treadray captained the club in his stead. They would host another home qualifying final, this time against the Sydney Swans, who defied expectations and rose up the ladder under coach Paul Ruse. Port would again fail to advance through to a home preliminary final, falling to the Swans by 12 points. They would again face Essendon in a home semi-final for the second year in a row and defeated the Bombers by 39 points. They would fall to Collingwood the following week in the preliminary final at the MCG and were beaten by the Magpies by 44 points. Brisbane would go on to handedly beat Collingwood in the grand final the next week to secure their three-peat with their third premiership in a row. 2004 loomed as a defining year for the Port Adelaide Football Club. After two years of finishing on top of the ladder but failing to make the grand final, they finally needed to show that they weren't chokers in the finals like so many people had labelled them, and proved that they could not only make a grand final, but win a premiership. Kane Corns has described a sort of ultimatum moment, which happened with him and some of his Port Adelaide teammates during the off-season, where they were not willing to accept second best again, and try to go all the way. There were continued calls over the coaching position of Mark Millions, with queries over whether he could be the man to take this group to a premiership. One of those most vocal callers was Alan Scott, who was back at the club for his freight company, Scott's Transport. Scott had said in 2003 that Port Adelaide would never win a premiership under Mark Williams, and during the 2004 season, he continued to question the coach's position. In the 2004 season, Port Adelaide would win the minor premiership for a third season in a row, with 17 wins and 5 losses for the season. Matthew Primus would do his ACL on his return in round 3, and would miss the entire season, with Warren Treadray filling in as captain once again. Port Adelaide would finally break new ground in the first week of the finals, when they beat Geelong by 55 points in the qualifying final, to secure the week off and get a home preliminary final at Amy Park. They would face St Kilda in the preliminary final, first spotting their first grand final in their history in the AFL. St Kilda got off to a great start in the game, with all the momentum on their side, but Fraser Gehrig famously kicked his 100th goal early on in the game to make it 14-0 in the Saints' favour. The Saints had all the momentum at the time, with Port Adelaide struggling to get their hands on the ball. But because Gehrig kicked his 100th goal, it meant supporters streamed onto the ground, which is tradition when a player kicks their 100th goal in a single season. The break provided Port Adelaide a chance to regroup with their coaches and to have a rest, with Mark Williams admitting on the sacked Herald Sun podcast that his side might have struggled to get back into the game if Gehrig's 100th goal hadn't happened. Port were able to wrestle back some momentum and just make it five points the difference at quarter time. The game continued to be a seesawing contest all throughout the night, with St Kilda taking a one-point lead into the final break at three-quarter time. Caught by a straight kick. And they are there.
But in the end, Port Adelaide way triumphed and booked their place in their first ever AFL Grand Final. This came after Gavin Wanganeen goal in the final quarter, put them six points up, and a Sean Burgoyne smove on Brent Guerrero stopped the game from being a draw. Port Adelaide just won by six points and went to the final day in September the next week to face the Brisbane Lions. When looking at the two teams heading into the grand final, they had similarities in the sense that they had been two of the most dominant teams over the last few seasons, but the way they went about it was very different. During their four seasons where they made the grand final, Brisbane never finished on top of the ladder, but continually showed up when it mattered in the postseason. Unfortunately for Port Adelaide, they'd consistently been a great team in the home and away season, finishing first on the ladder for a third year in a row and finishing third in 2001. Unfortunately, it had taken them to this point to convert their home and away season form into some postseason form, and they finally made a grand final berth in 2004. The 2004 grand final also marked the first time that two non-Victorian teams had played off in the final Saturday of September. Port Adelaide made a good start to the grand final. While they did miss some opportunities, they took a 15-point lead into quarter time. In the second quarter, though, Brisbane started to turn it up and took a one-point lead into halftime after outscoring Port Adelaide four goals to two. The game was still tight for a bit in the third quarter, before Port Adelaide broke the game open with four goals in a row to take a 17-point lead into the final break. Port Adelaide will continue their surge in the final quarter, kicking five goals to Brisbane's lone goal to secure their first premiership in the AFL. Here he comes! <laughs> Look at that! An outpouring of emotion! from Mark Williams. He's the proudest man in the land tonight. I asked him yesterday whether he felt that his late father and his late brother and his mother who recently had heart surgery were with him today. He said he did. Look at that. One thing that was noted during the game was Port Adelaide's freshness and the speed they provided in the second half, with many feeling that the Brisbane Lions players were tired. This was because they took several band-up players into the grand final, like they did in 2003. They had also had to play their home final, which should have been at the Gabba, at the MCG in the preliminary final against the Cats, meaning they had a shorter turnaround for the grand final. These factors could have all contributed to Port Adelaide's superior freshness on the day. Byron Pickett was awarded the Norm Smith Medal for his 20 disposal and free goal game. Gavin Wanganeen also starred in his first grand final since 1993 with the Bombers, kicking four goals on the day. Daryl Wakelin was famously involved in a fight with Alistair Lynch before the ball was even bounced in the first quarter, with both of them receiving serious fines. The most historic scene from the day was Mark Williams famously making his way down the MCG aisles to the ground, knowing that his team had won. He famously made a choking gesture with his tie as it jabbed all those people who called Port Adelaide chokers as they'd finally proven the doubters wrong and won a premiership. In his post-match speech as the winning premiership coach, he famously said, Alan Scott, you were wrong, as a response to Scott's comments early in the year. On the Sacked Herald Sun podcast, Williams said the line was not pre-planned 
saying on the national coverage, Alan got on TV to say we would never win a premiership with me as coach. You just had to cop it and I probably carried it for a fair time. I didn't say anything critical of him. I just said he was wrong. After winning the premiership in 2004, several factors hit Port Adelaide in the off season, which made it hard to defend their premiership title in the next season. Josh Carr requested a trade and eventually got to Fremantle to play with his brother Matthew. Carr was the dog vice captain at the time, and while he developed a reputation as a niggly player, he was a very good player for the power and would be missed. A lot of their football staff were also poached by Hawthorne to join their head coach Alistair Clarkson, who'd been appointed as Hawthorne a senior coach after being an assistant coach at Port Adelaide under Mark Williams. Probably the most significant disappointment by Hawthorne from Port Adelaide was Andrew Russell, who was their high-performance manager at Hawthorne during their premiership years and ensured that the team was always healthy. Port Adelaide would just scrape into the finals at 8th in 2005, with 11 wins, 10 losses and 1 draw for the season. They defied the trends from their previous final series by beating the higher-placed Kangaroos by 86 points in the elimination final, but they would fall the following week against their crosstown rivals, Adelaide, by 83 points in the semi-final. They would miss finals altogether in 2006, finishing with a middle-of-the-road record of 8 wins and 14 losses for a 12th-place finish on the ladder. In 2007, they would make a rapid rise up the ladder, finishing second with 15 wins and 7 losses for the season. They made it through to their second grand final and took on the Geelong Cats. Unfortunately for the power, this coincided with the emergence of Geelong as a powerhouse of the competition. And there it is! It's the Cats! They've come so close so many times in the last 44 years, but the torture is finally over! Geelong are the Premiers for 2007! The Cats smashing Port in the grand final by 119 points, the biggest losing margin in the history of the FFL and AFL for a grand final. Having such a significant loss was a scarring experience for the power and shows that sometimes it isn't always the best thing to make a grand final as the fallout that ensued following that 2007 grand final can be linked back to their massive loss against the Cats. They would fall to 13th on the ladder in 2008 and they would finish 10th on the ladder in 2009 after an interesting year where they were in and out of the finals during the season, finishing with 9 wins and 13 losses for the season. There was lots of speculation over Mark Williams' future as Port Adelaide coach in the media, with many wondering if he would earn a new contract renewal. Eventually he was given a two-year contract by the club, but he would only last until round 15 of the 2010 season, where he resigned before that round's game against Collingwood. He had lost confidence of the board after losing the confidence of the board. I have to announce that I, I am leaving today because of illness and fatigue. The supporters have become sick and tired of me. That's humour. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah. I read that somewhere. I thought I'd use it one day. Port Adelaide would put up a spirited effort against Collingwood in Friday night's match, who had gone to win the premiership that year in 2010. Former captain Matthew Primus would take over as caretaker coach and was eventually appointed as a full-time senior coach following the season. Despite having a good record as a caretaker coach, 
We won five of Port Adelaide's last seven games in 2010. Primus would really struggle as Port Adelaide's senior coach during his brief tenure at the position. He would coach Port Adelaide in 40 games across the next two seasons, and he would only win eight of them. He didn't make it to the end of the 2012 season. Around 19 loss to the newly formed Greater Western Sydney in round 19 of the 2012 season meant that Primus's papers were stamped. You could even tell during the game that he knew it would be his last game as Port Adelaide senior coach. Primus would step down with Gary Hocking taking over for the remaining games of the season. This marks the darkest period of Port Adelaide's existence in the AFL and one of the darkest periods of its entire history dating back to the Sandful. During this time, they were routinely smashed by massive margins, exceeding 100 points. It was also the worst time to bottom out as a club, as the AFL had introduced new expansion clubs in Gold Coast and Greater Western Sydney. This meant that the draft orders were complicated by the AFL, meaning that GWS and Gold Coast received higher quality picks near the top of the draft, pushing back Port Adelaide's early selections and meaning they did not have access to the top quality in the draft. Port Adelaide also had significant financial troubles during this time, accumulating a debt as high as $5.1 million in 2009. Primus also alienated a number of senior players during his time as coach, most notably the Corn brothers, and Kane Corn's even requesting a trade to Adelaide because he'd been dropped to the reserves during that season. At the end of 2012, Ken Hinckley, who was an assistant coach at the Geelong Cats during their premiership years, was appointed a senior coach of the Port Adelaide Football Club. David Koch was later named chairman of the club as well. The pair orchestrated the resurrection of the Port Adelaide Football Club as they went from 14th on the ladder in the 2012 season to 7th in 2013 and playing finals. They were able to beat Collingwood in the first elimination final in 2013 before falling to the Geelong Cats the next week in the semi-final. They would go one bet in 2014 after making it all the way through to a preliminary final against Hawthorne. Five seconds to go! Five seconds! Right. Two seconds! Gonna, oh, I thought he was going to play hard in the ball. Hawthorne have made the grand final! Hawthorne have won! A promoter's dream! Buddy versus Hawthorne! They would fall agonisingly short of a grand final berth by just three points. During this time, Kosh also was able to improve the club's financial position using his famous immediate personality to bring in big sponsors and he really pushed Port Adelaide as a national club throughout all of Australia, not just situated in Adelaide. Since 2014, Port Adelaide have only made the finals once in 2017 when they were eliminated in an epic overtime final against West Coast in 2017. They haven't bottled out as a club and have mainly had middling results, changing their strategies upon each season, either going for senior experienced players from other clubs or going to the draft to stock up on youth. They've been one of football's anomalies since then, as no one can truly predict how Port Adelaide will perform in the next season, but the club is definitely in a much better position than it was at the start of the 2010s where it looked like the club was in serious turmoil with its problems on-field and off-field as well. We now have great pleasure in inviting former Port Adelaide champion and Hall of Fame member John Cale to present the Premiership Cup to the captain Warren Treadray and the coach Mark Williams.
Port Adelaide from 2001 to 2004 could have easily been a cautionary tale of a club that was good enough to win a premiership, but was not able to achieve it. They were continually one of the best teams during the home and away season, finishing third on the ladder in 2001 and winning three consecutive minor premierships from 2002 to 2004. Unfortunately, Port Adelaide struggled in the post-season where they couldn't maximise their opportunities of finishing first on the ladder. They had developed reputations as chokers in the finals, but to their credit, they turned that narrative around in 2004 when they finally won the premiership against Brisbane. The result held extra significance because they'd beaten a team who had routinely done what Port Adelaide hadn't, turn up in the postseason and win premierships. The club combined its storied history from the Sample, where they were one of the most successful teams in any football league in the country, and the new experience of joining the AFL, meaning a new identity, and also picking up some handy young players in the draft along the way. Unfortunately for the power, in 2007, they lost so badly in the grand final by 119 points to the Cats that it really affected the club going forward, with a massive fallout resulting from that single loss. It shows that sometimes it can be damaging to go to a grand final as the team puts everything on the line to try and achieve the ultimate glory that you don't often think about the potential fallout from losing that day. The 2007 grand final loss saw Port Adelaide spiralled down both on field and off field, but they've been able to recently stabilise themselves. But they've been able to recently stabilise themselves once Ken Hinckley took over as coach and David Koch took over as chairman. While Port Adelaide don't receive the plaudits they should arguably receive for finishing on top of the ladder for three years in a row, they did eventually break through and win that premiership in 2004. The 2001 and 2004 era could be looked at as a missed opportunity because they failed to capitalise on their home and away season form in 2001, 2002 in 2003. But it's also a story for a club that was able to improve and change over this period of time. They developed a tag as chokers and proved in 2004 they were good enough to go all the way. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fuse from the Turnstile. Fuse from the Turnstile is edited and produced by Hamish Spence. The intro and outro music is Higher Up by Shane Ivers. There's a link to the song in the description. Credit to Port Adelaide, Channel 10, ABC News, Channel 7 and the 7 Network for the audio used in this podcast.